Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jag må du leva, jag må du leva, jag må du leva ut i hundrade år. Happy birthday. Um, so great to be here. How are you guys doing? It's awesome. Man, it's five years I've been here. This is my third time here. And yeah, you just look better and better. Uh, honestly, it's so great to be here and just to see how you guys are growing, see how you guys are yeah, developing. And, and so just an honor for me to be here and to be here with my wife. She's actually also, it's also her birthday today. So give her a big hand. Happy birthday. And now, uh, I say this every time I come, I could just come here and hang out with, with Phil and Anna, because uh, we just love your pastors. I hope you understand how, how blessed you are. I mean, they are amazing, and yeah, we just love them so much. So they mean a lot to us, and uh, yeah, we're so grateful to be here. And... Um, Yeah, I have a word for you this morning, so if you have your Bible, go with me to James chapter 3, and uh, we're going to dig into the word. I, I'm, a, I'm pumped to preach in English, actually. It was a while ago, uh, so I hope you understand my Swedish accent. It's actually not Swedish. I mean, it's a little bit Swedish, but, you know, it's the, the accent, I could do this in Swedish, then I would speak like this, you know, I'm from Sweden, and I love Ikea, and it's very nice to be here, and have you heard about meatballs, you know, and that's, that's how the Swedes sound, so, so bear with me, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, th I think I'm not sounding fully like that, so, good for you, and for me. Uh, James chapter 3, um, it says this, indeed, we all make many mistakes, we all, <laughs> a lot of Christians, a lot of people actually read this, you all make many mistakes, <laughs> but it says we all make many mistakes, okay? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, uh, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that can make grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great fire, uh, forest on fire. And then go to Hebrew chapter 10, verse 23. It says this, Let us hold fast, to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful two bible verses the first one is talking about the tongue how deceitful the tongue can be if you start reading a little bit more in Jaden. and then it says actually that we should hold fast to the confession let us pray father god we thank you for this morning thank you god that you have a word for us that you want to speak to us wherever we are, wherever we're at in life. And whatever we've done, God, we, we know that you have a word for us this morning. Jesus, nothing is impossible for you. You can do anything. And we just want you to, 
to be exalted here. We want you to, to, to move and to do whatever you want in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? So I want to talk to you today about there is power in your tongue. There is power in your tongue. Look at your neighbor and say, you are probably talking too much. And then you t turn to the other neighbor and say this, you are probably talking too little. You see, I think, you know, we know that from our hearts, the Bible says, uh, you know, we, we, we speak. And we know that we have uh, two ears and one mouth. And we all know that we sometimes talk too much, right? And we say things we shouldn't do. And the Bible says here clearly that if we can tr control the tongue, we can control our body. And it's impossible. And we, are, we know that we are all sinners. We all make mistakes. We all talk bad sometimes. And, you know, we come to church and we sing. And then we, we you know, tomorrow or tonight even maybe we might say something that we shouldn't say. And, you know. But I want to plead with you today that you are actually talking too little. That you need to... <clears throat> Now, you need to talk more, but you need to understand the power in your tongue. Um, I like boats. I love boats. I, I grew up, you know, on the west coast of Sweden on, a, on an island. We have a summer house there with my family, and my dad got me a small boat when I was a kid. And throughout my whole life, I've, I, I loved boats. And two years ago, I was out with Stephanie and some friends, and we, we rented this boat, and we were going along the coast of Sweden, and uh, it was a beautiful day. It was great. You know, we were on the coast. There were some, you know, islands, and I obviously knew there were some rocks underneath the surface, you know, and we were going there, and me and Stephanie were sitting. The other people, I don't know what they were doing, but, but me and Stephanie were sitting there, and I, I had to do something. So I, I told her, can, can I just go down in the boat and get something and do something? Can you just hold the, the rod? Can you, can you hold the, the wheel? And just aim for that. And I, I told her where to go. So I said, go to that kind of island. Go on that way. And she was like, yeah, cool. No problem. She said, so took the wheel. And I went down in the boat. And I was fixing stuff and I'm doing stuff. And then I look up in the window after a few minutes. And I see we're going the totally the opposite direction. And I kind of knew that, you know, that way is, is some islands and some rocks underneath the surface. And so I was like, my goodness. So I'm running up. And I come up to, to, to the boat, and I see Stephanie sitting by the wheel, by the rod, and doing this with her phone, and <laughs> taking photos, and, 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 you know, and I was like, shoot, 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 what are you doing? And I took the wheel, and I, I, I you know, I took the boat, and, and, and I was like, what, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, what, what, what do you mean? It's like, no, you're going the wrong way. Oh, am I? And you know, Stephanie is amazing. She's wonderful. That's why I married her. She's, I mean, she, she's kind, she's, she's good-looking, she, she loves Jesus, she's, she's she, you know, and, and she's actually quit pretty good with boats as well. But the problem here was she didn't know the power of the rod, of the rudder. So there was nothing wrong with her, it was nothing wrong with the boat, but it could have gone really, really wrong if we kept going that direction. So, we need to understand the power of the rudder. 
And I think you and I need to go, sometimes it's not, you know, we are not the problem in a way. <laughs> But at the same time, we are the problem, you know, because we're sinful people. But sometimes we, we go to ourselves and we're like, oh, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. I need to do this. I need to do this. But you actually need to just look at what are you saying? <laughs> How do you handle the rudder in your life? How do you handle your speech? And that's what I want to help you today with. I want to help you understand the power you have under your nose. Because I'm telling you, it will make a huge difference. What do you say about your life? What do you say about your family? What do you say about your business, your friends? What do you say? What do you say? We know that God spoke the world into existence. He spoke the world into existence. And you and I, we are created to God's image. So you and I have creative power. So what you say matters. What you say makes a huge difference. So I really, really think that we talk sometimes too little. We talk sometimes too much, obviously, in our flesh, but we actually talk too little in our spirit. We talk too little sometimes what the Bible says about us. And now you can think, maybe, you know, you've been in those churches that name it and claim it, and you just, you know, like, you just say it and ignore the facts and just say it, and then, you know, you live kind of in a, in a fake bubble. I'm not talking about that, Okay. And we'll come to that as well. But I do think your tongue is way more important than you think. So the first thing I want to tell you is that when you, when you understand the power of your tongue, it will help you to agree with God more than your thoughts. It will help you to agree with God more than your thoughts. You know that every day you think about 4,000 thoughts. <laughs> That's quite a lot. A bunch of thoughts that goes through your head. And I'm telling you, unfortunately, they're not all from God. And they're not all right. They're not always correct. But they're a bunch of thoughts that goes through your head. And sometimes it's actually really, really hard to fight one thought with another thought. For example, I can, I can say like, you know, I can't, do, I can't do this job. That can be a thought. I can't do it. But, and then I can start thinking, well, I can do it. But it can be really hard to fight that thought with the other thought. But when I say it to myself, when I say, actually, I can do it. I mean, the fact could be that you can't do it and you need to get someone to help you. But most of the times when you get a thought, I can't do it, you can actually do it. So if you start saying, hey, I can do this, it will be easier for you to, to fight the thought when you're saying it. Think about David and Goliath. You know the story. David comes to the battlefield. Goliath, he is standing there. He's been going up. He says he came in the morning and he came at night and he mocked the Israeli army. And it says that the Israeli army, they were afraid. They were scared. So every day, he came out in the morning and came out at night and telling the Israel army, you can't do this. You're useless. There is no point of you fighting us. So they got a bunch of thoughts in their head, and they started believing it. So, and it's funny that he came out in the morning and he came at night. Maybe he understood something. 
that you will think a lot of things when you go to bed. And you will have a lot of thoughts when you wake up in the morning. And Goliath knew, if I can just tell them this, they will keep being afraid. And then comes David. He comes to the battlefield. He, he shouldn't even be there. He shouldn't fight. He came there to give them food. And no one thought he could fight. That's why he was not on the battlefield. And he comes there and he said, who is this Goliath? Who is this God who's mocking, you know, the Israelis? Who's mocking us? Who is he? And he says, who is the, this, this uncircumstanced Philistine? Who is he? And then he starts talking that, what do I get if I kill him? And the people around him says, what? no, 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 hold on. What are you, what are you doing? His brother even tells him, oh, you're, you're proudful. You, you're, 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 you think way too much about yourself. But David just keeps talking. And we know that he took Goliath. And we know that they won the, the victory and all that. But I was just wondering, how did he become like that? I mean, the whole army were afraid of Goliath. But David, he thought he could take him. Why? Well, you can actually get some answers in, in the Psalms, who's written by David. You can get some, some things, some, some keys to why he was the way he was. You know, it says in Psalms 103, this is David. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forgot not all his benefits. I've been reading this and I've been thinking, wait a minute, David, he, why is he repeating himself? Why is it almost like he's talking to himself? He says, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then, let all that is within me bless the Lord. <laughs> well, maybe all that, is with him, it, that he, all that he felt within himself was not feeling like blessing the Lord. Why else would you have to tell yourself to bless the Lord? If everything within him was already praising the Lord, why did he have to tell himself to praise the Lord? You see what I mean? Maybe he was just, no, 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 bless the Lord. He didn't feel like blessing the Lord, but he said, no, bless the Lord, all that is in me. Bless the Lord and let me not forget. Why did he say he, couldn't, he shouldn't forget? Because maybe he was forgetting. He who forgives me all my in, in, in how do you say that? Iniquities. <laughs> and who heals all my diseases. Maybe you need to be like David. Because you're sick right now. I don't say you should ignore that you're sick. Maybe you should say, well, I mean, God can heal me. Jesus can heal me. He took my, he took my sickness. He took my sin. I can be healed. He also says in, in, in Psalms uh, 139, he says this. Praise, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And then it says, and that my soul knows it very well. <laughs> I mean, this is not Swedish. I don't know if it's Irish or not, you know, if you, but, but, but it's not Swedish to tell yourself that you're marvelous and wonderfully made. We don't do that in Sweden. We say it like it is, you know. <laughs> But he, he says, no, praise the Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then he said, my soul knows it very well. Maybe he was just preaching to himself, 
telling himself, hey, I need to, I am wonderfully made. I, 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 and he started to agree with God more than himself. He started to agree with God more than his own thoughts. So you and I, we need to preach to ourselves. You need to talk more about what God says about you than think what God doesn't say about you. You need to start talking to yourself. I can go on with this because it's so good. I mean, think about this. Philippians, go to Philippians 4, uh, verse 6. I think you get it there. Um, Philippians 4. Uh, Be anxious for nothing. What is that? A bunch of thoughts. <laughs> but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Well, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. God is all-knowing. He knows your thoughts. So why would the Word of God tell us to say it, to, to do it with thanksgiving, if God really knows it? Well, it's not just God that has to know it. God wants you to know it. So you, when, you, when you say it, when you say, God, I want this. God, help me with this. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, be a request to God. Guard, look, look and say, which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God will guard your heart, will guard your thoughts, your mind through Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? So when you start saying what God says about you, agreeing with God, it will actually help you the way you think. <laughs> so maybe you need to actually preach to yourself and worship. <laughs> For yourself. I mean, you worship God. Many times in my life, I've been had to, I have to preach to myself. And also worship. Just like, I, so many times been sitting in my car, and I've been like screaming to God as I'm driving. And I know, like, you know, it feels kind of weird sometimes. But I've been like, God, <laughs> thank you. Jesus, help me. <laughs> but I've been Preaching to myself, worshiping, using my mouth to declare the word of God. And he has changed my life. I remember first time I raised my hand in church. I, I, I was like stand, sitting in the pew and, and, and I, I, was, I felt like, you know, I'm going to raise my hand. And I felt like it was, my, my, my arms were so heavy. But I was like, I, I'm going to worship him. So I decided to worship and I felt God's presence in my life. God did something. When I started to sing, when I started to raise my hand, God did something. I mean, think about Paul and Silas in the Bible. They're in a prison. They're in a prison, and they just decide, no, wait, hold on. Let's, do, let's sing about the goodness of God. Let's sing about it. And we know what happens. They got free. God did a miracle. They sang. So my encouragement to you is to Sing, preach, talk the Word of God. Agree with what God is saying over your life more than your thoughts. The second thing is uh, it will create a way to success when you know how to handle your tongue. It will create a way to success. Listen to this word. word. Joshua chapter 1. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, it says. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to uh, 
do accordingly to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Isn't that interesting? That he says, no, the book of law, you shall not depart from your thoughts, no, from your mouth. So there is power in what you say. And here we can see that God wants you to have a way to success. God wants you to succeed in the calling that he has for your life. To be successful is not just about money. It's not just, you know, about, you know, having this, this and that. No, 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 no. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you succeeding in what God wants for your life. You living in a life where where, where, if, if God calls you to do something, that you will be successful in that. Whatever that is, whatever it looks like for you, you can be successful. And you know, that is God's thoughts for your life. He wants you to have a good life, obviously. He wants you to succeed. But he says, in order to do that, don't let this law depart from your mouth. So you maybe need to talk more. <laughs> and that will create a way for you. Psalms 34 says, Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. So what do you want? I mean, I kind of want to live a successful life. You know, I think you do as well. I don't think anyone is like, I want to screw my life. <laughs> I want to have a bad life. Like, that's, that's me. No one is like that. And then some religious say, no, we, I just want to please Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I want to please Jesus too. But Jesus' life, Jesus' you know, way for you is, is good. <clears throat> he wants you to have a good life. So don't let it depart from your mouth. So there is a way for you. There is a calling for you. Isn't that cool? That God has a calling for your life. That God has a way for me. He wants to help me. But then you can say, well, hold on, hold on, Joseph. But you don't know where I'm at. No, that's true. I don't know where you're at. And I don't think you should ignore where you're at. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. So it's absolutely okay to say, hey, I'm weak. So you, you should say, this is, this is where I am. But you shouldn't stop there. You should say, well, yeah, I'm, but I, I can't be strong. God can do something. There is a way. I might be here right now, but I am going there. I, I might be here right now. I, I like going to, to malls. Do you like to go to malls? Shopping malls. I, I long, long walks at the mall. <laughs> it's good. And, and, you know, sometimes when you go to a mall, you want to go to a store. And, and, and sometimes you can't find the store. What do you do? I go to the, you know, the, they have a map, obviously, at the mall. And I love those maps, you know what it says? And I love that on the maps, they often have a big red button on it. And where does it say, what does it say there? It says, this is where you are, right? So when I get there, I say, okay, this is where I am. And because I am, oh, I'm, okay, this is where I am. And then I know where I'm going, right? But wouldn't it be really, really strange if I just went there and said, oh, this is where I am. And then did nothing. It's like, I already know where I am, in one way. But the whole point of me being there is I want to go somewhere. I want to go to a store. 
and I want to get those genes or whatever I want to get. You know. So I need to see, okay, this is where I am, but also this is where I'm going. And that's the same thing with the confession. If you can say, okay, this is where I am. I am hurting right now, but I know there is healing in the name of Jesus. I am sick right now, yeah? I'm battling this sickness, but I know God can heal me. And I know there are good doctors. And I know that in some way God can make a way. And I know in the Bible it says that if I, if, I, if I come to church, the elders of the church can actually lay their hands on me and I can be healed. I know it in the Bible. So yes, I am sick, but I'm going to try and I'm going to do whatever I can to get the miracle that is for me. Because I know that the, my God that I serve, that I believe in, He can do miracles. And when you start saying like that, it will actually put you in a way where you find Healing, where you find goodness from God, where you find the store. So it is okay to say it like it is. We Swedes, we are very, very much like that. Say it like it is. You don't need to, no. Now I'm going to, yeah, this is where we are. But I know there is another way. That's the hope. That's the confession that I'm going to, you know, that I'm going to lean into. That's what I'm going to do. Mark chapter 11 says this. It says, for assuredly I say you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed, he shall be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he say will be done. He will have whatever he thinks. No, whatever he says. So there is power in your tongue. I don't know what kind of mountain you have. I have no idea. But I know this. God can move mountains. And I think you should talk to those mountains. I think you should say to anxiety. I think you should say to sickness, to whatever you're facing, you know what, you're not bigger than my God. God is bigger than this mountain. God created the world and the mountains are in it. So God is bigger than any mountain. God is bigger than anything that I can ever face. I'm going to say it. So you speak more. The third thing is the tongue has power to bring death and life. It says this in, in Proverbs 18. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat from its fruit. So what you say will bring either death or life. And the thing is. It has already brought death to all of us. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> your tongue has already brought death to your life. Because we're all sinners. We've all been separated from God. We know that no one can tame the tongue. Jesus said, it's not what comes into the mouth that makes it unclean. It's actually what comes out. <laughs> so you and I, we are separated from God because of what we've said. And we're all in the same boat. We've all done the same thing. So it has already brought death to us. But it can bring life. You know, David, if we go back to David, there is a psalm in, 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 uh, in the Bible, verse 30, uh, Psalms 30, uh, 30, 32. It says this. <clears throat> When I refused to confess my sin, my whole body 
wasted away. And while I grounded in pain all day long, for day and night you tortured me. You tried to destroy me in the interest, uh, in, in his heart, uh, heat of summer. And then it says this. This is awesome. <laughs> when I confessed my sin, I no longer covered my one, uh, wrongdoings, I said. I will confess my rebellious acts to the Lord. And then you forgave my sin. So he understood that I am a sinner. I have been separated from God. And if you read about David, we know that, you know, this probably comes after he was, uh, you know, cheating his wife. He took another man's wife. He even got the man killed. He put him in the front of the army, this guy who had a really beautiful wife. And, 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 and he made the guy die. And he, he was battling sin. He was, and he didn't, actually didn't even know it. He was living it. So this prophet comes, up, comes to him and, 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 and rebukes him. And he understands that I am a sinner. I have done wrong. I am separated from God. And then he said, when I, when I was quiet, <laughs> when I refused to confess my sin, I, my, my, my whole body wasted away. So when he refused to say it, Confess it. He was dying. Slowly, slowly, slowly. But then he confessed his sin. When he said, no, something happens. Isn't that cool? Romans 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, then we shall be saved. So if you confess, you can come back to life. Wow. You can confess. You sometimes, you know, when you talk about the power of your tongue, and it's almost kind of like, you know, you're, you're putting makeup on a pig. <laughs> you know, we talk, yeah, just because, because we think, uh, if I can just talk, and there are a bunch of like, you know, life coaches and bunches, just think positive, talk positive. That's not what I'm talking about, even though there are some biblical truths in that. But what I'm talking about is when you start confessing Jesus, that's when it makes a difference. When you start reaching out to Jesus, that's when you can receive salvation, forgiveness. When you say, okay, Jesus, this is what I am. You know, the woman with the issue of blood in the Bible in Mark chapter 5, he, she even said this. When I heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in uh, the crowd and touched his clothes. For she kept saying, for she kept saying, if I can only touch his clothes, I will be healed. If I can only touch him. She kept saying it. So she had heard about Jesus, and then she kept saying, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. So she kept saying it. Why? Because it made a way to life for her. And then she touched Jesus. If she would have come up to me and touched me, that wouldn't have helped her at all. But she touched Jesus. And she's starting to confess Jesus. So maybe you need to understand the power of your tongue. Not just the power of your thought. But say, okay, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I... I, I, I and agree with God. A few years ago, I, I got a call. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And, and uh, I got a call from an... A girl that had been in my youth ministry. And she called me and said, hey, I have a cousin. 
who lives in Los Angeles and her heart just stopped. Can, can, can you go and pray for her? Uh, and I was like, absolutely. So I never met this, this girl, never met her family. And I took the car, went to the hospital, got in there. Her mom was there. She was at the point, I think at the time she was 18. Her heart had stopped. She'd been out of air for a few minutes. She was laying there. It was, it didn't look good. All the doctors said she might survive. If she survives, she will have brain damages and it will be impossible. Her mom was a Christian. She actually came from the same church as my grandparents did. So, so, but the first time I met her, and, I, and I, I remember I met her, and she was devastated, obviously, because she thought she was going to lose her, 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 her daughter. And, and I remember walking in, and I remember how I just got this thought. I'm going to say what God has said. I'm going to pray what I know the Bible says. And I even thought, like, maybe this will not be so comforting. <laughs> Maybe, you know, my prayer won't be as received, you know. Maybe the mom won't like it. And, you know, because I, I could have come in and said, Jesus, comfort the family. Help the family. And, and that's true. And, but I remember going in there and saying, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that God can heal her. That there is power in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to say that she can be healed. That she will be healed. And I remember how I kind of felt when I was going to pray it. Now, I, you know, this is, it feels, because it looked so bad. But I remember laying my hands on her and we prayed and I remember saying it and nothing happened. And then some times went and, you know, she, she had to do some surgeries and something. And, but in the end of it, miraculously, she got healed. And it was so amazing. Like today she has a son. She is married. She is, you know, she lives life. And, and, and the doctor, they were amazed what had happened. But then her mom came to me. Her mom came to me and said, Joseph, I remember when you came and you prayed. And I remember how I felt when you prayed. I felt like, no, this is too much. This is too much. But when you prayed, we, we, we got faith. <laughs> When you pray, when you said it, that she can be healed, she, she will live in the name of Jesus. That ha it happened something in me. I started to believing it. And she got a miracle. She got a miracle. And it's not just, I'm not saying that it's, you know, because of me and because, but it's just, no, I, it, because of the word. If you start confessing what the word says, something can happen to you. And I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through. But I know this, if you keep saying what God says, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, God can do miracles. God can do miracles in this church. I mean, when I came here the first time, it wasn't this many people. But Phil and Anna, I've just been, you know, playing. Many of you leaders, you've been talking, you've been saying, you know, we're going to build a great church. We're going to have a great Sunday. <laughs> We're going to have a, an amazing day today at church. Keep saying it. And honestly, that is part of why you are where you are. God wants to have churches all over the world grow. God wants to have churches. Like he wants revival in this nation. We know that. But it's something else when you take that thought and you say it. When you create it. 
something will happen. And that is my encouragement this morning today. No matter what you're going through, I know it can be hard. I know it can be really, really tough. But just keep on praying to God, saying it, and we can see on the Word of God that it will actually help us the way we think, the way we, the, our thoughts. It will guard our hearts in the name of Jesus. I think there are some people here today that you know that you are separated from God. You know that right now there is spiritual death in my life. Because of maybe what you did, maybe what you've said. But you just know I am not alive with Christ. I am actually dead right now. You're like David. And when you've been sitting here today, you've realized, oh, maybe I need to turn away from my old ways and turn to Jesus. Maybe I need to do like David. I will confess Jesus. I will confess my sins. I will confess what I've done. And I'm not saying you should confess it to me right now or even to me afterwards or whatever. But I think you should confess it to yourself. That right now you can make a decision. Say, okay, Jesus, I am here. I have sinned. I, I, I know this is not working for me right now, this life. So I need you. <laughs> I'm going to turn to you. And I think that God will forgive you right now. And you will feel the Holy Spirit cleansing you from your sin, cleansing you from, from everything you've done, everything you've said, and a new life will begin. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.